Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. Okay, go Bundes Brothers, it's time to grab life big and put your money where your mouth is and get signed up for some bucket list adventures in 2017. Here's the BLR, Bucket List Rundown. Indeed, Mr. Smead, the first thing we got going up is Snowwater, British Columbia, hella skiing. The guys that went last year said it was un. Freaking real. Unreal. March 15th to 20th, Snowwater, British Columbia. Then we got a champions only couples trip. If you are a champion, which by the way is 5 million net worth. Is it five? Yeah, I believe. 5 million net worth above. Napa Valley with your wife. Napa Valley wine tasting with your wife. April 20th, 23rd. Then what I got, uh, I also got another champion self-reliance trip, which is uh, hiking the Appalachian Trail at the very last uh, five or six days of it, Mount Katahdin. That's in Bangor, Maine on June 7th through the 11th. Then we got August 17th to 22nd, we got a special Fambundance Jackson Hole, Wyoming Solar Eclipse. Bring your kids and let them learn about the solar system. More specifically, the solar eclipse that's going to take place and uh, they may never see it again. You may never see it again in your lifetime. Solar eclipse is going to happen on Jackson Hole, August 17th to 22nd. Then we have South Africa, baby. Yes, South Africa, man, that is bucket list item crazy. You got like seven or six or seven bucket list items on there. Swimming with the sharks. Of course, safari. The volunteering in, in Cape Town, in the ghettos of Cape Town. Just incredible trip planned on that. Uh, September 24th through October 4th. And we're working on a, a the end part of that, adding a uh, couples. If you want to have your wife fly down or your girlfriend fly down for the end part of that and a little special thing on the end, we got that working too. And then, of course, we got the GoBundance Elite Couples Trip. In Placencia, Belize, in uh, a really nice, uh, probably a key right uh, off of Belize in Belize, an amazing couples trip that I, I heard amazing things. A lot of people last year said it was the best trip they've ever been on. So that is uh, November 4th through 11th. Any of these you want to sign up for, you know, reach out to Melanie and just let Melanie know, you know, you're in and she'll collect your money or uh, shoot you in the right direction. So uh, thanks, guys, and uh, enjoy the show. Grab life big. All right, go bros. Here we have him. Yes, Mr. Beachfront House Hunter himself, Mr. Nick Waldner, is on the line. And we're going to dig deep into Nick's life and find out all about him as your fellow go bro. So, Nick, welcome to Grab Life Big. Yes, sir. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I've been uh, part of the GoBro uh, GoBundance group for a while. It's gotten better and better year after year. It's kind of like when you when you go back and you see more and more people that you know, more and more people that you connected with. So I, I think this gets better every year. 
Awesome. Well, thank you. Well, listen, why don't you give your five minute rundown, Nick, about uh, your whole life, like the day you were born till today, but in five minutes. All right. Got it. Got it. All right. So I was born in Maryland, born and raised. Uh, my mom was a stay at home mom. My father was in the fire department. He was in there for 39 years before he retired. My parents got divorced around the third grade. So at that time, my mom needed to, to get into a business to kind of raise her two sons. She chose real estate because she had a great mentor that kind of pushed her in that direction. So without a college education, she really took off and became you know, one of the top real estate agents in our, uh, in our little county where we grew up. Um, so I watched kind of rich dad, poor dad play out right in front of me. My father, who had the government job for 39 years and was building a pension, and then I had the mother who was an entrepreneur and went out and, you know, kind of created business for herself, created a retirement for herself, created a savings for herself. And I watched the two of them, you know, just work and toil. And my father was always kind of in the same place. And my mother got ahead and ahead and ahead. Uh, fast forward. So I was in middle school and I got caught selling candy on the bus. I had about $450 on me, which was pretty a lot for a sixth grader. But I've been selling a lot of candy. I went home. My mom uh, asked me what I what I've been doing. We talked about it, and I said I wanted to buy a mountain bike. She convinced me to instead put the money in the stock market. We picked the stock. We checked it uh, for those young guys. We actually used to check it every, every Sunday in the newspaper. The uh, bank that we had bought got bought by Bank of America. The stock split. Everything doubled in value. And my little $450 went to $900. I was so excited. I bought the mountain bike that I was looking for, and I left the other $450 in the, uh, the bank and thought, this is the greatest thing ever. I put money in the stock market, and it doubles, and then I can get whatever I want. I went right into finance as a uh, as a college at Salisbury University on the eastern shore of Maryland. So I was a business major, finance and marketing I ended up taking a job at the beaches of Ocean City, running around selling telescope pictures. It's an all-commissioned job. You work basically 10 to 12 hours a day every day. I took that business and grew it until I was the managing partner, running the entire business myself at, a, at around 22. We did about 1.1 million in sales the last year I was there. And that's selling $5 keychains. So we did a lot of production to hit those numbers. I was making great money. I traveled all, all over the world. I surfed the east coast of Australia. I went skydiving in New Zealand. We went uh, sledging. We went scuba diving in Fiji. We took a semester and lived at Florida State University where we did nothing but drink and party and pick up girls for uh, an entire six months during the football season. Never attended a class because we had already graduated. Uh, then I kind of decided it was time to grow up. I got into the world of ice cream with uh, Coldstone Creamery, and we took up the area developership for Maryland, Delaware, D.C., Pennsylvania, and the southern half of New Jersey. I was the commercial real estate guy helping people that wanted to buy a franchise, finding the commercial real estate piece. A couple of my other friends, one was in production, one was in uh, construction, as far as helping them con construct their new locations or uh, the operations and how to run it. The business was doing really well. We were opening about 50 stores a year for about two years, uh, which the more stores you open, the more royalties you get. So the money was starting to come in very nicely. 
my boss mentor at the time who had taught me everything I could possibly know about sales and people and leadership started cheating on his wife of three years. It blew, or I'm sorry, his wife with three kids. They were been married for like 12 or 15 years at that part. It really hit home to me that this guy did not have the morals and did not was not the leader that I thought he was. He was sleeping with one of our secretaries. I ended up deciding I didn't want to be part of a business like that or with in business with somebody like that. I got out of it. He bought everything. I sold all my shares. All my uh, We owned a couple of the uh, franchises ourselves, sold everything back to the company and got into residential real estate. Six months later, that business uh, that I would just left completely failed when the wife found out, the girl got fired, then she sued because you can't fire me just because you slept with me. It was a complete nightmare. I was so glad that I'd gotten out in time. I got into residential real estate really because of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I wanted to buy rental properties and, and grow a business where I was just had lots of passive income. In the process of making numerous offers that got shot down, I ended up selling one of the, of the offers. I made an offer on a house. It didn't work out. And then somebody else said they were looking for a similar property. I showed them that one house, they bought it, and here I am with a commission check thinking this is the greatest job in the world. Got into real estate, uh, was very big on growing my business and, and uh, rookie of the year and did a bunch of other stuff in the sales world and then realized that if I really wanted to do this, I needed to start building a business. Hired an assistant who was terrible because I was terrible. Hired another one, that didn't work out. Hired a third one, that didn't work out. And then finally found some models and systems that I could follow and kind of understand what exactly it took to grow a real estate business. Fast forward another 10 years or so, I've been in the business for about 14 years. So the last four years, I went from 14 million in production to 32 million in production to 53 million in production. The last year, we ended up at about 87 million in production. And this year, we're going to be at about 140 to 150 million. So just to give you an idea, gross commission last year was 2.25 million. Gross commission this year should be around three and a half million. And now I'm looking at getting into a few more areas of owning ownership in terms of uh, real estate offices, as well as growing the team and looking at expansion. That's the business world of it. I also got married in September. Uh, we've been together three and a half years. We're in the process of starting a family, going to start having kids pretty soon. I was married prior to that. It was a very short Britney Spears type of wedding, less than six months. Uh, I found out she had actually cheated on me while we were in uh, while we were engaged. And as soon as I found out, I thought, no chance, I'm not staying here. I got out of that relationship, realized what I was looking for, and it wasn't what I was in that relationship. So it taught me a lot about myself. I went to a therapist and really spent some some time learning about me. And that's when I had met Emily, and then that's who I'm married to now. We are six months into being married as of next month in about two weeks, and we're going to start having a family now. I do a lot of traveling. I still love the adventure. I've hiked to the top of Kilimanjaro in Africa. I've uh, water, uh, whitewater rafted down 100 miles of the Salmon Fork River. I'm going to be hiking to Havasu, Havasupai Falls in about two weeks. So now I'm just loving adventure, loving business, and here to uh, to tell you a little bit more. What else you want to know? Man, that that was good. It was all crystal clear, and that's a great story. I love it. And how old are you, Nick? I am 37. I'll be 38 in June. Okay, beautiful. 
Yes, good story. A lot of stuff I didn't know. My sister went to Salisbury State. So, right. um, yes, know the college well. And I also lived down at the beach uh, in between uh, colleges. I, I didn't sell those things. I sold uh, timeshare. I uh, got people to go to those timeshare tours. And I know oh, wow. that that telescope business is, is man, I, you guys do work hard. And if they had Fitbits, probably when you were doing that, you'd probably rack up about 100,000 steps a day doing that job. Yeah, we uh, we actually would measure ourselves. You'd weigh yourself the first day, and then you'd measure yourself. You weigh yourself in the last day, and typically you lost anywhere between uh, twenty to one guy lost forty five pounds Good and Lord. doing nothing but walking, walking, walking. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and walking on a, in the sand too, barefoot, which you're sinking in. So it's kind of like water. You know what I mean? There's resistance there. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Thanks for uh, being so candid with all that. So uh, let's get in some nitty gritty. What percentager are you? Uh, I am about a 38 percenter. Um, by the end of this year, I hope to be at 58 percent. Okay. Uh, and then for the things that I'm putting in place right now are going to are going to be the things that are going to springboard me past uh, past where I, where I want to be, which is a hundred percenter, obviously. Yep. So and I'm looking at a couple other ventures that I'm getting into in the real estate space that can put me in a position to make more passive income that doesn't require my immediate attention. Okay, cool. So what is your horizontal income? Uh, so horizontal income, God, I don't have my stats right in front of me, is about 50, $5,400 a month. Okay. No, no, thirty eight hundred. Okay, three four. So about fifty grand a year. So about about fifty thousand a year. Okay, cool. And what is paying you that fifty thousand dollars a year? What vehicles? Um, so I started out buying properties. So I have uh, about four different properties that are generating a, a good portion of that. Um, one in particular pays off about eleven hundred dollars a month. So that that was a really good find. Um, I have. Uh, partial of a title company. So I'm a part owner of a title company that uh, kicks off a decent amount of money. That's growing. That's fairly new. So it's starting to give more and more money back. I am, what else do I have? I have a development deal that I'm working in Vermont. I have a couple of spec homes that we've flipped in Vermont where I am just a, a silent partner, just putting in money and collecting it back. I have four uh, large commercial properties with GoBro Partners. So I have four of those in Texas, Atlanta. Uh, I think that's it. And I want to say, oh, and then I have another venture with a company that pays me to speak. And then I'm selling their product as well. And when people buy that product, I get a monthly subscription off of it. Sweet. What company is that? It's called Commissions Inc. It's okay. the CRM we use to run our real estate business. Yep. So, yep. so we have like an affiliate relationship where you get. Yeah, exactly. So it's a company yeah. I use and I, and I love and they call me and said, hey, you're doing it at a high level. We'd like you. We'd like to send you around the country to speak. We'll pay you for your time to speak, which, okay. And then as people decide, you know, if they want to use this product and you'll teach them how to use it, we'll give you a portion of what they pay per month so then I can get a passive income stream off of anybody that joins. That's awesome. And um, what's your vertical income? Uh, vertical income last year was about 800000 Um This year, I want to be around one point five. Okay. And what's your life happiness index? Life happiness index was 7.6. Um, but 
Uh, David and I were going over that the other day, and he gave me a hard time because I put, at a 1 out of 10, I put a 3 for children just because I don't have kids yet, and I really want to have kids soon. So I don't know. That might throw my numbers down because I'm probably a little bit higher if we took that one out. Since hmm. I don't have kids, yeah. he's like, yeah, yeah what do you do, right? What do you do when it says, well, well I guess you got to make up for it in other, other relationships. But, yeah, yeah it is what it is. It's your, it's your number. So, okay, cool. And then, uh, you know, we added a new one, Nick, it's giving ratio. So if we took your incomes, which would be, you know, let's say a million, uh, 850 or so, if you donated $85,000, your giving ratio 10%. is 10%. What is your giving ratio? This year, I was around 1%. Uh, for, for 2016, I was around 1%. For this year, I'm looking to do uh, about 35000 so that'll push me up into like a 4%er. Okay. All right. And what are your 10-year goals? 10-year um, goals, right now I'm working on expansion. So in our market, we can have a massive amount of real estate in one office. And if I go to the five surrounding offices around me in, uh, in certain sectors, it puts me about an hour's radius from the main office and it'll give me control of uh, or able to sell real estate in basically the entire Maryland region. So the goal is to open up those five offices, take our existing office that's going to do about $150 million, up to $400 million, and then take each of the surrounding five offices up to... Uh, around 100 to 150 million, doing about a billion in uh, in real estate. A billion, no, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah about a good stuff. Good stuff. Well, okay, so uh, you know the you know the six pillars. We got age defying health, horizontal income, genuine contribution, relationships, accountability, and bucket list adventures. So, yeah. of those six, which one does Nick Waldner suck at? Ah, all right, so. I would say that uh, my contribution, I would put that one up as the one that I sucked at the most about a year ago. I put a lot of time and effort into it. We now do about four to five different charities uh, that we work with a year with our real estate team. So we're constantly giving back. We started a new uh, nonprofit. And we're, we're, I'm funding that fully. We're not taking any donations. So I'm getting much better in that one. Bucket list adventures. I love going on stuff, so I'm always doing that. Age to find health. I'm doing fine there. What are the other ones? Relationships. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm pretty good at relationships, although my wife could argue with me every once in a while that I'm not the, uh, the best listener. Yeah, we all get that one. I think every GoBundance brother gets <laughs> gets that one. So it sounds like it's a genuine contribution. Is there anything that the GoBundance brothers can do to help you not suck so bad at genuine contribution? I think that I think for me accountability is huge. So just when we added the uh, the pillar or added the the value of what is your percentage of giving, I think that makes me focus on it more. And as I know we talked about that in the last year, so that's kind of helped me refocus my efforts and start thinking about it as a percentage of my income. That's helped a ton. So I think there's nothing else you guys could do. You already did exactly what I wanted and and I'm happy you did. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So which one would you say you excel in? I would probably say bucket list adventures. I am constantly in, in two weeks, we're going to go hike Havasu Pie Falls and we've done, uh, you know, what, all what the is other that? stuff. I've, what is I've, that? I've, so Havasu Pie Falls is at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. It's where all the water coming through the canyon is pulling the calcium carbonate and the magnesium out of the rock and it forms 
like this brilliant turquoise blue water and it comes off of about a hundred foot waterfall into the bottom of these pools and in that area there's about seven or eight different waterfalls and it's just absolutely gorgeous it's surrounded by the uh supai people which is a, a, a local tribe and it's just this incredibly untouched area where the indians live it's it's a reservation so you can't go there unless you get a permit and it's just going to be gorgeous how long does that take uh we're going to do it about four days so the, uh, it'll hike, we'll hike down in a uh, day, and then we'll explore for about three days. And you're just camping in tents? Yep, just camping in tents. In fact, the, uh, there's only two ways in and out. You either need a hike in or you need a helicopter in. And we wanted to push ourselves <laughs> physically, so we decided we're not doing a helicopter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that'll be fascinating. I can't wait to see those pictures. So what brings Nick Walner joy? So for me, joy comes in, in watching other people succeed when I have a hand in it. So like I have several, you know, just amazing people that I work with and just constantly giving back and teaching what I learned. I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I'm the one who's going to take the best notes, who's going to understand concepts at a high level and who's going to go back home and actually put it into practice, put it into action. And what I found is when I go and I travel and I learn and I absorb and I grow, I come back and I give all that back to the people that, that count on me and then watching them grow and watching them succeed. You know, there's, there's no better feeling than changing somebody's world by teaching them and helping them grow just the way you've been growing on a personal side. You know, I can't say that it is now, but I think kids are going to be, you know, that's going to, I can't wait. Like I'm, I'm built to be a father. Everything I've done in business is about, you're making sure that I have the time to be there to coach soccer or, you know, be there for dinners after, after school, like all, everything I want is about having the time to be there for family. So I know that's going to be a massive part of it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Okay. What's the best vacation you've ever taken? Ooh, best vacation. So I would say it's, it's always, always, always when I'm, when I'm exploring, so, you know, we, I went to Machu Picchu with my wife and it was just an awesome chance to be, you know, for four days hiking and going to the trail and, and overcoming, you know, whatever problems she was having or I was having and just the adventure part of that. That was a great, great trip. You know, anything that we travel for a long time, like Africa for two, two and a half weeks was amazing. Australia for a month and a half, New wow. Zealand. The longer the trips are always the better because you can really immerse yourself. Yeah, I agree. Okay, awesome. So let's go back a little bit about, um, you know, maybe some lessons. I'm hoping some people can learn from you being so candid. Uh, let me go back to what you were saying about how, you know, you're, you found out your wife cheated on you when she was your wife yeah. before you got married, right? Was it while you were married or was it before you got married? No, it was, it was, so we got married in October. I ended up finding out in either January or February. So just a few short months into our marriage, I had found out she had cheated while we were engaged. So we were engaged the, the year leading up. So it, would, it was in the last year, but it was after we had gone through and gotten married and all that stuff. And that was, I mean, that hits you like a ton of bricks. Right, so like you had, you had dated how long? Uh, we have been dating for about two and a half years, okay, and then so we were engaged for about a year. So in so right, so you've been dating two and a half years. So you essentially 
changed your Facebook to in a relationship two and a half years prior. Yeah. And then, and, and so how'd you find out? So I got a phone call from somebody who I don't know very well, but knew me enough to, to pretty much just care. And, it, and the phone call was, you know, hey, Nick, we don't know each other very well. I really don't want to get in the middle of this. I just, I know you're a good guy. I know you're a good person. And if I was in your position, I'd want to know, here's what I've heard, you know, just for what it's worth. I just wanted to tell you. And then you had to verify it. Yeah. I mean, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was in shock for, you know, good 30, 40 seconds, a minute and a half, like just sitting there like dead silent. And then I, you know, then I started asking some questions and where did you hear that from and where did you learn that and who told you that? And I literally got, got up, got in my car, didn't say a word to anybody where I was going and just started, I literally drove down to meet that person they heard it from and they were like, oh, I didn't see it myself, but my friend's roommate saw it. Great. What's your friend's roommate's number? And I just literally did as much research as I could to find out anything I could. And then I came back and I confronted her and I was gone for four or five hours and she was calling me and texting me, where are you? What's going on? Still having no idea why I was gone or what I was doing, just kind of thought it was weird that I was gone. And when I came back, I just sat down and said, look, I know everything. I need you to be honest with me. And it was like three hours of, you know, stop lying to me. You just need to be honest. I already know. I knew probably 60% of the story. But I just, you know, in interrogation, it just acted like I knew everything. So she told me a little bit more. I still don't know whether it was any physical cheating or it was emotional cheating or if it was. I just know that it was unbelievably inappropriate. And if I had to take a wild guess, I think there was some physical cheating as well. But I never could verify it. I really didn't need to. At that point, you know, I, the disrespect was there. The loss of trust was there. The, you know, the just it was a crushing blow. So. For me, it was time to move on. It wasn't something I was going to try to build or put back together. And then there was all the warning signs that I looked back at afterwards. You know, I was looking for, she was a beautiful girl, really sweet, really nice. She had a terrible upbringing. She had a really rough childhood. She had a father who wasn't around and, and you know, had some alcohol issues. And she had a mother that treated her terribly. And no matter what she did, it was never good enough. And I, I realized through you know, some years or a year of therapy that, you know, I have this, this thing inside of me where I want to try to save everybody and I want to go and like fix everything. And there's some things you just can't fix and some, some things you can't save. You know, if they don't want to be saved or they don't want to be fixed, then, you know, you're wasting your energy. So it taught me a big lesson that, you know, it's not my job to make somebody better. They have to want to be better and I can help them on that journey, but I can't do it for them. So it was a big lesson to me that I, that I still carry with me today on just how to handle people and how to what I look for in a hire when I'm hiring new people. Are they going to be successful a year from now with or without me? If the answer is yes, then that's somebody I can help and I can help make them even more successful. But if they're not going to be successful a year from now without me, then I'm not going to make them that successful either. Wow, that's that's great, and thanks for sharing. Yeah, codependent no more, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you you found out you you had that tendency that a lot of people have uh, to be codependent on others. I think you know if you ever watch any of the alcoholic shows or, or shows uh, some of these shows on on television with addiction, you know, intervention and stuff. They they talk a lot about codependency, and it's always the same thing that people you know have this need to try to help. 
And some of these people get in relationships over and over again, always trying to be codependent, always trying to save somebody. Yeah. So that's great it that does. you could, it, it, the smartest thing you ever did was, was get a shrink and sit down and, and, and figure that out. Because otherwise without that, you would have found the same girl again in a different body. Yes, exactly. And now, you know, my wife now has an amazing family who's extremely supportive. She was raised with great morals. You know, I, I look at her brothers and sisters. She's one of four. All the kids are are successful in their own right in terms of starting their own families and finding great partners and, you know, being being financially, you know, not rich by any means, but certainly comfortable and just watching the the what she's learned from her parents and how she was raised. And it was so much more in line with how I was raised and, and you know, same having the same morals and beliefs. It has changed my world in terms of what I thought I was looking for in marriage. And I know it's going to make a big difference when it's time to start having kids and parenting those kids. Yeah, 100%. Good for you, buddy. Okay, so let's get into some uh, more one-sheet questions here. How much do you weigh? I weigh 193 pounds. Okay, and um, what's your body fat? 11.9%. And I just want you guys to realize, as I'm saying these numbers, I know them because I've checked them Every time you ask me, it's been within seven days. So I, every week I check my body fat. I check my, I mean, I just, I keep very, very good tabs on that. What's your workout routine? What's your regular, like weekly workout routines? So I have a, a personal trainer that I meet uh, three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5.15 a.m. I'm at the gym at five. He's got me on a stretching routine for 15 minutes. We start our workout for an hour um, it starts with a compound move like a squat or a press for heavy weights for anywhere from four to six sets uh, combined with a stretching uh, exercise of some sort. Like if I'm doing chest, I'm stretching my shoulders. If I'm um, squatting, I'm stretching my hips all during the process of that. So I uh, do those. Then I get into uh, more of a circuit training routine where I'm doing, you know, uh, an arm, a back, and a shoulder, or you know, a leg, a chest, and a shoulder, whatever it may be. I'm doing like a circuit training, and then I finish with some something to get my heart rate up. So sometimes it's a hundred push-ups for as fast as you can do it. If you stop, you, you're allowed to have a, as much as a 20-second break. We do the same thing with uh, squats, with tricep presses, with shoulder presses, whatever it may be. You have you got to do a hundred pull-ups. You got to do a hundred pull-ups. And anytime you stop, you get at the maximum is a 20-second rest. That really gets my heart rate going. And then depending on what we do, we do either do a circuit for the last four minutes where I'm going out as, as hard as I can to try to beat my last score or, you know, rowing on a machine for 1,000 meters or doing a Tabata, something like that for the last 10 to 15 minutes of the workout. And then I'm spent by the time I'm done. That's awesome. That's great. I love that. I love to have to come, have to come uh, work out with you sometime. When I'm yeah, in Maryland, it's for sure. early, but it's worth it. <laughs> and then what is, uh, what's your GB9 score? Uh, GB9, the last time I did it, uh, with or without my age? Just without your age. Without my age, I, I want to say, uh, God, I have to guess, but I think I was in the 236, and the number one guy was like 256. That was before somebody hit 300. Yeah, that was great. So, so you're still. So I say somewhere around. I was yeah. yeah. I was like number three at the last. Beast. Yeah. What about diet? What are you doing? What do you eat? So the biggest change that I had in my diet. My diet fell off a couple of months ago, 
and I started noticing I was eating some some crappy foods. So my trainer has me recording everything I eat in an app, and then he can actually see it. So it's mydietarynet.com uh, or something like that, where I go and I record everything I eat, and then he, anytime he sees me eat something that's not on the plan, he lets me know. So I typically try to do a protein of some sort, chicken, um, fish, or beef. Then I add vegetables, usually one or two, uh, like Brussels sprouts or broccoli or uh, whatever. And then we'll add some sort of uh, carb. But typical carbs for me are like sweet potatoes, uh, whole grain, whole grain oats. I put those in my shake. Um, so I try to stay away from any kind of white bread or any kind of potatoes or any kind of um, you know any of that stuff. And so it's pretty. It's semi close to paleo, but I'm not eating two pounds of bacon or anything weird like that. <laughs> it's more like if you go into a grocery store, anything on the outside of the grocery store is acceptable. So your vegetables, your fruits, your meat, your uh, dairy, and that's about it. Anything inside that comes in a box or doesn't expire, that's what I'm not eating. Okay. I love it. Anything that doesn't expire. I mean, that's I like simple shit, so that's good. Yeah. Okay, so cool. So uh, we have a new question on the podcast, and I asked this to Lenny G, and uh, you know he tried to get out of it by saying, "Hey, Pat, are you still there? Are you still there?" <laughs> and um, you know, I wasn't right because I go completely dark after I ask this question. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna go completely dark. Let you know it's unedited, so that you cannot, you know, if you say, "Pat, are you still there?" I'm not gonna be here. You just need to answer it. So we're gonna, we're gonna go. Okay, so Nick. Your plane is going down. You see smoke coming out of your wing. You have an opportunity to make a one-minute phone call. Make that call now. Go. Wow. Hey, Mom, it's me. Just want to give you a call. This may be the last time you hear from me. I'm in a plane. You know, We're going down right now, but I want you to know that I've had an incredible life. You know, I think that you've, you've taught me so much and about how to live and, and who to be as a person and and what I've become I know and I hope that you're proud of everything that I've accomplished and, and just know that I couldn't have done it without your help and without you know you being by my side and being my best cheerleader uh, the reason I'm calling you is because I think that you have one of the best perspectives in terms of understanding life and and taking everything in, in a balanced sense and you know, I want you to talk to dad and I want you to talk to my wife, Emily, and I, and I want you to, you know, to share everybody and, and let them know how I was feeling, you know, that, that I lived an incredible life and I don't, I don't regret anything. And I don't look back and think that, you know, anything I did was wrong. Everything happened for a reason. And I'm glad I lived through all of it. Um, financially, I'm, everything's set up. Emily will never have to worry about anything. You will never have to worry about anything. You know, I, I'm, I've lived every moment of my life knowing that this was going to happen at some point. And I just want you to know that I love you and, and I'm going to be fine. And you guys are going to be fine and you're going to be strong. And I hope you remember, you know, everything about me, but it doesn't stop you from continuing to live and, and enjoy your life. All right, cool, man. Yeah, you, you were quite composed for your death call. So, uh, <laughs> so far, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I thought I, there was parts of me that wanted to get emotional and there's parts yeah. of me that you know, thought, you know, maybe I'm going to cry here. And I just started thinking about a much more logical approach. And it's, it's, that's not always me. I could, I could easily do that again in a week and be blubbering. Yeah. like crazy. <laughs> That's all right, man. Uh, that's great. You probably got out more out of what you wanted to say. 
by doing it that way. Okay, so we all have our five greatest hits, right? And our five greatest hits are, you know, for me, it would be like the birth of my two daughters. Would one, one would be one of my greatest hits. The other would be a second greatest hits, just like you're uh, a rock and roll singer and you have your greatest hits album. So you got 37 years of greatest hits so far. I'm not talking about future greatest hits. That's when you'll have your kids and that sort of thing added in there. What would you say your life's five greatest hits are, Nick? My life's five greatest hits. Um, I think the the first one I go to is is when I was running the Scopes business. You know, starting as a salesperson making you know 75 cents a scope to you know turning that into a business that was doing one 1.1 million in sales. And, you know, really being a part of all of it, I think that was a massive impact on in my world as far as teaching me so much. I think the next uh, the next big hit would be when I started learning uh, the franchise business of Cold Stone and understanding how to run that as a business. And, and again, taking that from zero stores to over 100 stores in two years and just the amount of education I got from from learning that. I think that getting my own TV show, Waterfront House Hunting, and traveling the country and, and showing people, you know, waterfront property and just being on TV and, and living that kind of pretty much like a rock star kind of fun life. I had somebody like there 24 hours to do whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted it, flying all over. That was a pretty amazing experience. So that's up there. Uh, getting married. So not only getting married, but the the prospect of what's to come and you know, meeting Emily, getting to know Emily, understanding that this is the person I want to marry and feeling that so deeply and then actually having the wedding and being there for that, like all of that and, and, and what's taken place. And we bought our forever home and kind of moved into that. So all of that combined into one would, would certainly be another. And then the last one would definitely be uh, my God, probably climbing Kilimanjaro, probably climbing to the top of Kilimanjaro and you know, just like that phone call that we just made, it was you you didn't you got service when you were at the top of Kilimanjaro. So the night before you're in your tent and you could actually write out all the text that you wanted to send and just leave them in your open folder. And then as soon as you get to the top when it's you know minus twenty degrees, all you have to do is press the send button, they automatically send. So sitting in that tent and and writing you know, in the future, we made it, we're at the top, I'm safe, you know, I'm so, so excited for all the pain and, and suffering that got me here, but it's been amazing. Writing those things before we were even at the top, so, you know, eight hours before we hit the, the summit, that was definitely one of the greatest moments and, and most impactful moments of my life. That's awesome, dude. You nailed it. You nailed it. Well, Nick, thanks so much for coming on today. I'm going to put all Nick's information in the show notes here of the podcast and looking forward to uh, grabbing life big with you in the future, my brother. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Grab life big.